Welcome to the T-Hud Podcast. My name is Leland Steele. My name is Marty. My name is Moby. Welcome, listener. Welcome to all. Episode 22. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us. 22. 22 years old. That was one of the best years of my life when I was 22. I thought of that when I was prepping. Really? I was like, yeah, 22, 2007. The year T-Hud. The namesake. That was 2007? Yes, it was. Wow. You were 22 in 2007? Yes. I know. Now I'm, I'm like 40 and I sound like I'm You're that 14. much old. No, you weren't. That doesn't make sense. I was 18. Oh, wait. You're, you're three old, years older than me? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense then. Because <laughs> <laughs> I turned 19. Yeah. It does seem like there was a Got big it. age gap back then. Yeah. So. It's weird. You were like kind of creepy hanging out with these young boys. Ah, uh, you guys love me because I bootlegged for you all the time. That's how our friendship was formed, on illegal alcohol supply. That's true. Yeah. Guys, you Why are we still hockey? friends? No. Yeah, we can buy our own booze now. Why are we still around? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Given our recording sessions, I... That's a legitimate question. I don't know why you should be I don't know. It got, it got a little heated during that Infinity War bonus episode. It's some of our choices. Needlessly. <laughs> we didn't even bring up your choice of automobile. <laughs> we still have a fight. I don't think our spats are at all unnecessary. I think that's what the listener comes for. That's what the listener stays for. That's right. Yeah. The only way to meet... the listener masturbates to. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's wow. pretty cool. <laughs> you guys don't fantasize about that? I'm just glad we're making somebody happy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's what we're all about here at the T-Hot Podcast. Happy ending. <laughs> no, that's not what we're all about. Fuck you. Yeah. Shit. Somewhere, okay, just... somewhere, somebody is getting super stoned. Okay, he's done. Someone just climaxed. <laughs> yeah, that was, he, he got his good five seconds. He's at, he has a situation this right now. This is getting weird. <laughs> yeah, he's getting a situation. Situation. Nice. All right, banter, boys. All right. Banter, banter. It's time for the banter segment. Yeah, who wants to banter first? Well, okay, I'll jump in here because I'm so excited. Uh, Marketing Moby is and going to- just can't hide it. Oh, no, no, no. You're about to lose control, and I think you like it. Hey, save it for the musical episode. Oh, we just got it. sued. <laughs> oh, shit. I, was like I, I think long. that was more than five seconds of that's musical content. Hey, no, no. That's, uh, what do they call that? Free use. Fair use. Anyways, it's time for my first shameless plug, which is my banter is going to be about my book that I recently completed. It is now printed, the initial run which is basically just for friends, family, and a copy for myself to edit. There will be a second edition. The book is for sale. A link will be in the show notes in case a listener actually gives a shit about looking it up. I didn't think the title Moby Comp was that good. <laughs> Moby Comp. <laughs> yeah, I could use a little revision. Yeah. Well, I wrote it when I was in, uh, in uh, the jail. Uh, waiting to pick up Leland a number of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's been going on for that long. That right? long, yeah, yeah. I don't, uh, I don't finish easily. So, unlike listener, listener. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So my book, uh, it's called Imminent Memories. It's not that long. It's only about eighty pages, and it's five short stories that are actually quite similar to the Netflix show Black Mirror, but I swear that wasn't the inspiration. In fact, I saw the first Black Mirror episode that I did. Oh, so they stole from you. No. We just coexisted peacefully. Oh, I see. Like us as co-hosts can't, but these books <laughs> right. do 
these media, this book and the show can coexist. So is it kind of like Poppy and like that other person that I had to listen to Leland <laughs> talk about? Hey, that Poppy it's more entertaining. Mars Argo lawsuit against that Poppy and Titan Sinclair is he's gonna bring interesting that stuff. Up. No, I'm not gonna. I, that won't listen. be my banter. We already talked about it for 20 minutes before. I don't want to hear about Marlon. Listener, <laughs> damn it, Marty. If you're interested, listener. Check out uh, Repzilla's YouTube channel. He's doing great coverage. Actually, he's gotten like a lot of notes from like Titanus and Claire and like like threatening him to like stop talking about their shit and like they've like flagged some of his YouTube videos and stuff like that. Like, yeah, oh, it's, it's dirty stuff. Dirty, stuff. but it's interesting. Okay, back to movies. Um, yeah. So, anyways, my book has uh, five short stories. They all take place within about two hundred years of the future. What's kind of interesting about it, I think, what's my unique spin on this book is after each short story, I have an essay that I've written. It's usually between, I don't know, six and nine paragraphs, uh, not actually that long, but it kind of pulls back the curtain and lets you see why I thought this topic was important to write about, where I think the inspiration lies and uh, why this is important to talk about kind of as a potential future issue. Um, all five of the stories are different genres. Uh, there's a war story with lots of violence, which I'm very familiar for writing stories when I grew up. They were always war stories. That one was my favorite, I think. It was? Yeah. War Pigs, really. I mean, war, war Pigs was my favorite, yeah. And so everybody seems to like my comedy, who's written the book. So would the comedy slip in second for you there, Leland? The... Uh, the the yeah, um, it's a good question. Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, I think it's tied between that and entropy. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The there's two weird ones, listener. Here's where I sell against my book. There's one that's kind of a team drama, but it's more boring. It's like Degrassi light, um, <laughs> really light. <laughs> and then there's a, a legal drama, but with how short my stories go, um, you can't really fit a ton into that and that one was really dark and vile for me to kind of put my head in there there's like some um implied sexual violence and there's a woman who's in a really kind of shitty career um and it's just yeah wow a shitty career well she's what a monster you are basically a a career (laughs) where she's very exploited a very exploitationist career that's kind of what the theme is about so that was tough. Like, it's one thing to see it in a show or read it in a book, but when it's your hands that have to write that and you have to come up with things in your mind, because you probably think of 10 times more than you actually put on paper. Yeah, it was a little tough. I'll admit it. So, um, but I'm glad I did it. And uh, yeah, if listeners interested, uh, link to where it's sold online. <clears throat> it's only 10 bucks or so is, uh, is in the show notes. You will be only two dollars yeah. a story, folks. That's right. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Just like Cobra Kai, you should uh, an send me that link so I can actually. I will send you. That. <laughs> Speaking of Cobra Kai, that's taking my money. Yes, it's, 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 right away. You know, I watched the first two upon uh, you guys saying how good it was, right, and which which YouTube read. Uh, wisely released for free very, very wisely. smart incredibly yeah. wisely yeah gives you one episode to dive into each character a little deeper yeah. and then sets up the series and i'm halfway through right now and it's it's surprisingly good yeah it honestly is like i they really did such a great job 
I don't know who I'm supposed to like or hate in this. Like, honestly. Yeah. The, every character is so good. Every character is good. Every character is complex. It's the classic case, like, why in stories you have a protagonist and an antagonist instead of a good guy and a bad guy. Because Johnny right. is not a bad guy. Right. He he is hilarious because he's stuck in the 1980s and like he didn't have a 90s or early 2000s okay. somehow. That's what I was telling Leland before Marty, you came today. And it's like he can't understand basic internet technology or he still drives around in his 1980s Firebird yeah, yeah. listening to his music. It, it literally feels like he stepped out of the 1984 film into like a time warp that aged him. Yeah. And he stepped back out <laughs> so. and he's like just like an old version of himself. But honestly, on the flip side though, like Daniel is not a good guy. No. Um, no. He's not like, you know, the hero. No. And he also very much is still in the past yeah. himself too, right? Like, yeah. It's like this weird like bubble. That they both live in, but there's a segregation. It's more, I would say it's more like this Venn diagram they live in. And basically, their 1984 karate championship is in the middle where they cross over, yeah. right? Yeah. They yeah. can't get past their feelings for each other. No, they they, they honestly can't. It blinds them to everything it else. It totally does. And, it 100% does. And there's like, like the tense awkwardness every time they meet, which yeah. is multiple times. Like, you feel it. I kind of get quasi-goosebumps because it's just, there is this kind of, like, maliciousness that kind of really transfers through. And you feel like it would just take, like, a small little match to have them kick the shit out of each other and do something. Yeah. It's not like Karate Kid was, like, that big of a deal for me as a kid either or anything like that. No, No, me neither. Yet, for some reason, the nostalgia is powerful. Yep. And it's enough where it's like it's it's just it's worth watching for like that. Yet it expands on it significantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We do guys get to episode nine. I think episode nine is my favorite episode. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I'll episode probably... right before the, the it's only ten episodes. So yeah. Second last episode, I think, is my favorite. It's a really great. Episode. I'm sure I'll get there quick because I ripped through half of it in a day. So yeah. Well, it's nice. They're only like 27 minutes, right? They're, yeah. They're short. 22 episodes. to 30. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sure I'll finish it tonight. 100. Yeah. percent I. Instantly binge it all in a single day. In a single weekday. Typical. So, yeah. But you know the thing is when it's good quality like this, $2.50 an episode to buy it, I don't regret that. I'm sure I'll watch it again sometime because it's not that long. And That's true. And you know what I didn't uh, realize at first, but like you are actually buying it. It's not like a yeah. video rental. Yeah. Right? So you you legit always have access to those episodes once you buy them. So you, you have purchased it yes which is cool so yeah Yeah. 20 bucks for a season not Not that bad bad. not that bad yeah pretty good i actually kind of wish that they had a package yeah though though honestly if you're gonna buy one like you're gonna buy them all right like you watch the first two episodes and if you're intrigued enough to buy episode three you're probably gonna buy all of them yeah Yeah. so i understand why i'm surprised they just didn't give the option just like would you like to buy the remainder like i know exactly i would have bought them all yeah yeah me too even even just Buy them all for a full price of the $20 for the extra eight episodes. Just so you don't need to click every time. Exactly. I don't need a discount. Just buy, I'll buy them all sure. for 20 bucks. Yeah. Sure. All right. I'll, I'll write to YouTube Red. Okay. You know, they've heard from us before. Yeah. We'll it's, it's really interesting. We'll also bitch about them not having subscriptions in Canada. But yeah, yeah. That too. I read a really long article today. It was kind of convoluted or I should say detailed, like super detailed about 
where YouTube Red is trying to go. And they're not actually trying to challenge Netflix. I think Netflix is so far away, they're not going to do that. But what they want to try to do is smoke out Hulu and those kind of smaller companies, like maybe Amazon Prime, mind you, they have so much financial backing. You're not going to put them out of business unless Jeff Bezos like wants to stop it. Well, and Hulu now was a subsidiary of Fox, which, you know, Fox is now going to be owned by Disney. Mm -hmm. So I think Hulu is going to be okay. Yeah, it's going to be, well, like what they want to do with their business model is basically monetize and absorb into YouTube Red, their best content creators, and have them start to run shows and stuff. But they also made it sound like, I don't know why, but YouTube Red is really attractive to like celebrities. So apparently like Kevin Hart really wanted to do a show and he will be doing a show on YouTube Red. I mean, before I found out that Cobra Kai was going to be on YouTube Red, I'd never heard of it. I, I honestly had not same, heard of it. Same, same. Yeah, too. Well, honestly, how many different countries is it actually available? It's in? only a few. I looked it up. It's, it's so like subscription-based. Yeah. I think it's only the U.S. And there's only a few other countries like Canada that where you can even buy the content. Now, are you are you able to buy all YouTube Red content like that, or was that something specific they did for Cobra Kai? No, you can buy all YouTube oh, Red content. Oh, okay, like that. okay. There's I, nothing uh, that that I really found. I mean, hopefully they do the previews. Maybe I'll look some other stuff yeah. up. But so, there was to get you just like YouTube.com/slash Red, like what? Yeah, yeah. I think you just because uh, the Cobra Kai episodes were on like its own channel, yes. right? I don't know what the link is, but I did find like a landing page for YouTube Red. Okay, that see, had I, all their content. I mean, I didn't really look that hard, but no, I never, I didn't find something like that. So yeah, but just because like exists. so now I guess what they make each show its own YouTube channel, uh, just because that's the parameters of YouTube, right? Like because Cobra Kai yes. was its own channel. Right? Yes, I'm remembering when I accessed it, which was earlier this week. Yes, so you basically see all the shows listed. You click them; they have a channel. Okay, so it's a, it's a direct, it's an end, it's a directory of channels, right? But they're YouTube Red original. Well, there's there's other benefits to YouTube Red too, yeah. right? Like you know, you don't see any ads on the normal videos, which is a big deal. I would pay. Yeah, for that, that, I would pay for that. That is a big deal, especially the way. Like YouTube has been constantly changing how they do that shit for yeah for I mean people that run you know even like video game channels board game channels you know just pop culture channels yeah heard right. a, I've heard a lot of grumblings about some of the weird shit that YouTube's doing well it's you know like I'll give you an example so the Blade Runner twenty forty nine soundtrack that's only about maybe I think it's like an hour and ten minutes or something but. The best quality one I can find on YouTube has like commercials every five minutes. And so if I'm listening to it on my computer at work, I have to minimize, go like click skip because sometimes the commercials can be two minutes long. It just ruins my experience of listening to the soundtrack and having one song roll into the next. So then buy the soundtrack, you cheap fuck. Oh. Pay for it then. You're getting this shit for free. That's the trade off. But I want to pay. Bitch about but that. I do want to pay for it. But. Like, I have... So, so buy it off iTunes or whatever. Okay, but see, that's the thing. I have such a scatterbrained mind. I want to go between, like, soundtracks all over, and I can do that on YouTube. I just, like, suddenly can get bored and go to the MechWarriors soundtracks and stuff. So what okay. I'm saying, I want to pay for YouTube Red. I want to pay to get rid of that. So a YouTube Red subscription allows you to view any YouTube yes, video without... correct. Oh, and that, ooh. for me, is worth a lot. That is I worth a lot. lot. YouTube. I, I watch a, lot. a ton. Of I wonder YouTube. if that is a major factor in their distribution decision. 
their model. Yeah, I wonder. Because that, like, there's got to be different laws with advertising in different countries, right? Right. Huh. I did not know that. That's really interesting. Man, that's, oh, that seems counterintuitive. That's just shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. That's really weird. Really weird. Really weird. I don't know. Yeah, but definitely, if you're in the States and listening to this, check out Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Uh, YouTube Red. What What is this? Do you know what the subscription is? It's a monthly subscription. Do you know what the uh, price? No, I honestly yeah. don't. It's the $99.95 a month. Oh, for the <laughs> low, low price of three installments in $99.95 per month. Yeah, nothing. That's all right. It's just 20 cups of coffee. Easy. Uh, 20, yeah, 20 Starbucks trips. Okay, well, my banter. So, in the first week of May, this I think, Moby, this is going to appeal to you. Ooh. This is going to be a scythe game you can get your head around. Okay. Stonemaier Games announced uh, the launch of My Little Scythe. <laughs> now, this, huh. this, is, this is like... A couple years ago, actually, when Scythe first came out, this was um, like a, a, a you know a, a homebrew version of Scythe. That um, this a father and his daughter uh, Hobie Chow and Vienna Chow they created like this like kid friendly version of of Scythe. It was like okay, I'll, I pull up the description from StoneMeyerGames.com, which I'll link to in the show notes. But My Little Scythe is a competitive family-friendly game in which each player controls two animal miniatures embarking upon an adventure in the Kingdom of Pum. In an effort to be the first to earn four trophies from eight possible categories, players take turns choosing to move, seek, or make. These actions will allow players to increase their friendship and pies, power up their actions using upgrade tiles, complete quests, learn magic spells, discover precious resources through an innovative dice mechanism, Deliver gems and apples to Castle Everfree, and perhaps even engage in a pie fight. Wow. It sounds so much like Scythe. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, gigantic coal-fired mechs or or magical animals. It's pretty cool that Somewhere Games has decided to actually publish this. How do you homebrew that game into that, though? Like, well, I don't know. I guess it's, you know, kind of My Little Pony-ish, I guess. It doesn't explicitly state anywhere that it's My Little Pony. I don't know if it's supposed to be. I I don't know if the Kingdom of Palm is a My Little Pony. But thing. I just imagine them with this, like, scythe board in these walkers and stuff and being like, yeah, let's No, it's, it's literally, they took, uh, I saw the original video of it back in the day. Uh, and they also put up some print and play files uh, at the time that literally they just took a printout of the hexagonal board. And the kid had like little My Little Ponies walking around. Oh, with some some wow. uh, changed graphic design of the board, right, and that stuff. So it's heavily inspired by <laughs> the game of Scythe. Oh, yeah, okay. very cool. cool, super interesting and funny. Like a lot of people are like, they look at this like, oh, this must be a joke, right? Like, <laughs> can you upgrade your ponies? It's a good question. I don't know. Maybe ponies. give your ponies some river rock, river walk, and allow them to fire rockets and do a space yeah, next to. They, they become bronies. Like cloppers, cloppers. Oh, that's the unchild friendly. Yeah. No. Now we're just back to sight. <laughs> I know that was kind of all I had. I just thought that was uh, interesting and funny and pretty cool that someone was going to publish it. And yeah, it's rad that this, this little girl and her dad got got their game made. It's pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I. You know what? I have one quick thing, and I think I'm going to save the most of it for a segment down the road, mostly because I'm not done it. 
But uh, the new God of War, mm. Leland's beaten it. I've gotten through maybe like a third of it. Yeah, I beat it like oh, the first so, four days after release. Oh yeah, that's all you did. That's all you did. Yeah. I just well, I just to summarize, oh so good. Very good. Oh so good. Yeah, really cool. Um if you have a PS4, go buy it. Yeah, get it. I mean, Marty, you bought a new console for it. I bought a PS4 Pro for it. Yeah. <laughs> so I could play it upstairs and my wife wouldn't complain that I stole the PS4. <laughs> she used it for Netflix. Yeah, and it's toast too. Yeah. So but yeah, and I also get to enjoy it on my four K screen. So There you go. There you go. It's so f- cool. That's really cool. Oh. They did such a good service to Kratos. I just honestly the throwing that axe just feels so fun. The axe is pretty fucking <laughs> cool. Yeah, the axe is pretty cool. You can like so. Moby, are, we, are we gonna yeah. do a review? Just you and I. That Moby will. Have I guess Moby will just have to. Yeah, I'll just have to sit and throw in <laughs> yeah. stupid shit now. This is a joke. So Moby, you can throw your axe and uh, hit tap triangle, and it comes back to you automatically. Okay. But you can like stick it in one enemy, freeze them because yeah. it has like frost powers, and like take them out of the fight for like ten seconds, and then beat the shit out, and like, then fight, fight everyone else, and then while your axe is down, you can just beat the crap out of people with your fist and your shield. Oh, nice! Yeah, and then, honestly, the hand to hand fighting is really satisfying. It is, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I want my axe back. Tap triangle, Shunk. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> from anywhere, and like you could throw it, forget about it, walk like a mile down the road, unless yeah. there's no cutscene. But if there is a cutscene, it he shows it. It shows him grabbing it before you move um, on to before the cutscene. You you hit it, and it sounds like it's breaking China on the way back to you, as if it was like <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, as as if it was like breaking shit. through shit to yeah, get to, to you. come back to you because it'll come through everything. That's awesome. That's really fucking cool. Like even if you throw it, pat if you throw it at an enemy and you miss the re- you just kind of sh- sidestep and you recall, and it, the boomerang hits them on the way back to the you. Back like, nice. Yeah. It's it's pretty fun. Like I was I was. It, quickly grows on you i was like mm, i miss my blades of chaos but it's a really cool weapon it's interesting because you're you're an enormous god of war fan yeah and i would say i'm like i'm a fan but you know i'd say an average god of war fan i played the first three right yeah. i never really dived into it too much i never really some some of them i only played once i think i only played the second and third once yeah um the first one i played several times i really liked it yeah but this one i love it's not a like it's a, i love this game yeah, and I I think I'm on the same. It is the best. It is the second best God of War game. Your first being number two? Number one. Number one. No, number, two. number two sucked. Oh. Number one. Oh. Yeah. A lot of people really like number two. I don't know. What? I like number one, too. Number one was so good. Mm-hmm. I just remember cool. first playing that, and holy shit, did I play the hell out of that game. Yeah. And it just holds. The, it's, it, it's the nostalgia that honestly bumps it up over... Yeah. Uh, God of War for PS4, but man, they did a good job. Such a cool adventure. It so is. They just they just took the franchise and they they blew it up, but didn't overinflate it. It's exactly the size it feels like it should be, mm-hmm. and it matches all of the new mechanics and the storytelling devices that they're employing. It's just so good, so good. Yeah, uh, well, well, we'll rip it to shreds, good and bad, in. Uh... A month or so. I, I'm, yeah, I'm done with that. I'm done with that. Yeah. We'll just do an episode without Moby. Yeah. There. Sounds pretty good. Listener will be stoked. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'll do? I'll, that'll be the episode where Moby drinks. I'll just bring some whiskey, just go to town and be funny for the next segment. Well, there is no uh, movie musings today, so I guess see ya. You guys are. <laughs> <laughs> I feel. <laughs> 
No. I'm sorry, but there's no this war of mine movie. Not like this. Not like <laughs> no, this. Did we even say what this episode's I about? Feel like, no, I, I feel like you guys have this grandiose plan to write me out of the po- podcast. It was my idea in the first place. Your idea? It was my idea. It was not your idea. That's I literally said one day, hey guys, let's start a podcast. You then sure? Two, no. Yes, I'm 100% sure oh. this was my inception. Okay, yeah. Okay, now. I was the one that approached you guys. You guys were just on board right away. Here's what happened. Leland said, hey guys, we should do a podcast. Moby right away was like, that sounds like a great idea. And I sat and I thought about it. And then I said, oh, I agree. Let's do it. So Leland first, Moby second, Marty third. Okay. Yeah, I even came up with the name. Yeah. That I was joking about at first. No, literally, the T-Head podcast. No, yeah. What was mine? Mine was like popping off a (laughs) (laughs) T-Head. Ironically, from our banter, that's true for us. It fits fits quite well. We're a masturbatory We should rename. I was popping off a T-Head. I I loved it. I was sad when we didn't pick it. (laughs) <laughs> it is a genius name. I'll give you that. Even though we didn't know. Yeah, well, you guys were thinking this podcast would be, be super serious. <laughs> How wrong were we? With the three of us idiots doing it. No. No. It's yeah, not going to be serious. So. Never. We did an episode about man crushes. How serious could it be? <laughs> we did an episode about fried chicken. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that fits with the rest of our content. <laughs> Yeah, Duh. that's right in line. That's like the next progression. Mm-hmm. If we had went anywhere other than fried chicken, it wouldn't have made sense. All right. Okay. Anyways, yeah. time for movie. Oh. Oh, wah, wah. Yeah, wah, wah. No, it's time for the video game variety show. Listener's favorite segment other than the banter segment, which is also my segment. Uh, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> this episode is called War of Words because... It's all about this war of mine. I think it should be called I'm Gonna Let It Shine. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Which is the complete <laughs> opposite of every feeling or thing in that game. Exactly. No, Leon's got a good point. I concede. Okay. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> this episode is called I'm Gonna Let It Shine. I'm gonna let it shine. Because this little war of mine. <laughs> so <laughs> we're gonna review and discuss the video game, This War of Mine, and also the board game this war of mine and no affiliation no not at all just kidding they're actually different <laughs> completely different it's yeah. just it's just the names it just happened to work out Coincidence. uh we'll just dis- discuss the uh mild um comparisons the, the the few things they have in common somehow yeah you know uh all that's fun stuff but I, we'll do the video game first because mm-hmm. it's because it's me and video sure. games are better and everything so yeah that seems good i like it. i mean it, it it was released in 2016 so obviously predecessor of the board game and the board game directly tied into the the video game it took a lot of things so i think leading with that is uh, a sound idea mm-hmm. it did take a lot of things now what's the story with this game was it me that went for it first did i buy it for both of you guys or just one of you guys? you bought it for both of us okay. and i actually forgot about it until i think leland mentioned he was thinking about getting the board game and then i remembered i had it on gog yeah. And uh, I hadn't even installed it on my new computer, and I, I just one day I randomly um, just did the installer and realized I own this game already. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, Moby bought this for me, so I played it, and I actually got really into it and ripped through it in like a week. Right. Um, you know what? It, I liked it. I, I yeah. don't know how much if you guys have beaten it or what. No. Um, what well, before we dive in, just the listener. So if you haven't played this War of Mine, it's a game put out by Eleven Bit Studios. Uh, again, came in 2016, I think it was right. 
Mm-hmm. It's based off the uh, 92, 96 siege of Sarajevo, Sarajevo during the Bosnian War. And it's so it's a war game technically, but you, you're portraying the civilians caught in the middle of the conflict and basically just trying to survive in this like shithole of a city that's ravaged by bombings and snipers everywhere and all this stuff. So it's a roguelike, right? Paul? It is a roguelike. Um, it attempts to add the, well, not just add, but focus entirely on the human element of war, the, the suffering, the average human being. Right. And I think for the most part, it does a pretty good job. Yeah, it super does. Yeah. Yeah. It, the reason why I was so excited about it was because it seemed so unique. It had such a unique premise. And it just really excited me to the point that saying like, okay, maybe this is something that we should podcast about. Um, that was before I knew you guys were going to kick me off the podcast. Had I known that, I would have not spent the money on buying you guys copies of the game. <laughs> but uh, no. Yeah, but yeah, and it's very nice of you to, to buy it for us. Um, Thanks, but as, uh I was certainly uh, aware of it before. The purchase and the play, right? Mostly because of the board game, which of course right. led directly to the video game. So right. it was really fortuitous, yeah. Because I, I was definitely uh, interested in, in trying it and playing it. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely a good call. And I'll dive into it more later, but like I don't think I like roguelikes all that much for the most part. See, I think I love them. Yeah, I think you do too. Yeah, but I don't. That's why I well, actually, yeah, that's I why actually you cheated. Had cheating. Yeah. <laughs> that's why you've beaten it. I, we have it. That's true. <laughs> I, I, so I'm terrible at this game. Yes. And yeah, on my <laughs> longest time is actually my current time making it through that I have basically done a refresh for the podcast. It's still going on. It's saved. It's funny, Marty, because I found you online yesterday and I said, how do you save this game? That's because I had died and lost. So quickly, every time I tried playing, that I'd never been alive long enough to save. Well, it auto saves. That's oh, why. That's okay. why you can't if you if your character if it goes all the way through the death sequence, it auto saves. Oh, so you okay. can't go back. Yeah. So that's so what as soon I, as you hit like one of those load screens, right? basically, yeah. die when I, you're I kept losing and then quitting, and yeah. I just didn't even check to see if anything. was So saved. what I did right. was I decided that I want to play through this game and see how it goes, but I keep dying because the combat has some issues, and I don't know how to do it without getting smoked every time. Yeah, yeah, um, the combat is not. So good. what I did, and and to some extent, fair enough, because you are playing generally just average. Whoa, jokes. yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but I, what I would do is I would just pause reload right before a character was probably going to die or was in a bad situation. And I only did it like 80 times. <laughs> but you know what? The one time I actually screwed it up and one of my guys died for, for real these. And I had just gotten a fourth member and I was so excited. Oh. And then I was back down to three. Yeah. And everyone was so sad. Yeah. So, listener, this game basically is bro- broken down into two sections, yes. right? You have day phase and a night phase. The day phase is basically this collection of survivors that have found each other in the this kind of sh- uh, shelter, this kind of bombed out shelter that you are you're repairing and you're kind of reinforcing and you're taking all these actions. You're yeah, you're, you know, you're you're making workshops to to be able to craft weapons or you know you're trying to make uh, herb gardens to be self sufficient with food and like wa- water collectors and all this stuff. There's different scenarios too. You can right. start with certain characters that are predetermined, or I think later on you can make your own. That's cool. Like make your own, like pick from pick from a group and then put your own group in. Right. Yeah, really this day segment 
right? Is like your maintenance segment. It's it's right. when you sleep, you eat, you bandage, you heal. Well, it's, it's you really know. how you progress in the game. Yes. Right. Right. It's the main, uh, I would say it serves as the progression track, right? Like, whereas, so you generally, you don't go outside during the day because there are snipers that will pick you off if you do. So it's only safe to go out at night, at which point you go out, it's called the scavenge phase, and you go out to other locations in the city looking for materials to better outfit your shelter. I will point out it is not always safe to go out at night. I had <laughs> snipers hurt me very, very good. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yikes. Powerful good. Powerful good. <laughs> snipers are powerful weak. <laughs> I survived, so I guess yeah. so. And then, of course, when you're out scavenging, um, you know, you scavenge for food, for uh, crafting items like wood and components and, you know, electrical parts. Uh, maybe you find some weapons. You most likely will run into other survivors, maybe other thugs or people who are intent on robbing you and doing you harm. Uh, yeah, and then there's like a, an inventory management system too, right? Yes, and I don't like the inventory management in the game. I feel like the certain things take up way too much inventory space, like bullets. Yeah. Like eight yeah. bullets takes up a slot, mm. which is the same as a shovel. You know, like, there's a few things I'm not a big yeah, fan of. I like that better in the board game, where some yeah. things don't have weight. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. It's tough. I mean, I never got to the point where I unlocked, like, more slots. Because you can get, like, backpacks and stuff, can't you? I think it's just dependent on the character. Oh, really? I think. It's not, like, a craftable item or something? I never found one. Hmm. And, you know, it's interesting. In the video game, you can never only uh, go out with one person. Yeah. Whereas in the board game, you can go out with as many survivors as you want. Yes. Um, of course, so each survivor in the board game has a inventory number, right? The amount of weighted items they can bring back. Some of the things you'll find will have a little weight icon on, meaning they take up an inventory slot. So obviously, if you send out more than one person, you could get a, into the double digits of weighted items you could bring back, which is which is cool. But you can also put, a, in the video game, you can put as many dudes guarding as you want too, right? Yeah. Or is it always only one person guard? No, you no, can guard, you can guard with I, I usually yeah. do that. I try to do that. Yeah. I just let everybody sleep and pray for the best. Uh, <laughs> well, it's interesting just managing all of these different levels of hunger and fatigue and you know Sickness, illness, injuries. Unhappiness, yeah. like alcohol being important that boosts people's Yeah, so yeah, everyone, guys, everyone's got a vice. So yeah. yeah, someone needs cigarettes, cigarettes or yeah. they get unhappy or coffee or they just get bummed out. Like, it's... It's a struggle the whole way through. It feels like it's a struggle from moment one. Like when yeah. you're there and you start digging through the rumble and rub, rubble of your house. It was a, yeah, struggle, a struggle until I'd say about three quarters of the way through for me, which is what's the point when I had machine guns and, oh. you know, like AKs and my house was pretty secure. So yeah. I just leave one guy with a shotgun guarding the house. And you're good. And very rarely would someone get hurt and nothing would ever get taken. The only issue was making sure I had constant food. So early on, I had to kill a few innocent people to survive. Like it was actually, it felt really necessary. Uh, One of the weirdest feelings I ever had in a video game was entering a house with some old people and them telling me point blank, like they took everything already. There's nothing here. And I just thought I I have to, I have to take it. Like one person's sick. The other person is just useless. Like we have to do something and I can't go anywhere else. I'm too weak. Yes. And I have no money to trade. So I had to, I killed the, the husband and then the wife just s- sat down and waited to die, essentially. 
So I killed wow. her too, and then they did have stuff. They were lying. They were li- they were fucking lying. They had like mon- lots of money, like lots of gems. So, ah. I, so I took all their their jewels. Yeah, for trade. For trading, yeah, and uh, I had to repeat that down the road again too with um, Boris, who's the guy who joined my group. Yeah, and he has like the best inventory. He has like eighteen inventory. Whoa! Um, and I entered a house with him, trying to just uh, like cat burglar it, like sneak around all the old people. And yeah. I, th- this house had two elderly people and also um, their son who was armed to the teeth. <laughs> so I go up into the uh, like the upper floors to steal their stuff from their bathroom, like their medicine cabinet, and I see the the father talking to his wife, saying like, "Oh, I have to go get an aspirin." And he starts walking up the stairs to the bathroom. And I just thought, oh, no, I, there's, 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 there's no way out. There's no way out of this house. I have to kill kill my way out. So he was, he stepped in and I, I killed him before he could sound the alarm. And meanwhile, his wife follows him up saying, it's breezy. I'll close the window, which is right next to the bathroom. <laughs> and she just stands there staring at the window. So I had to kill her, too. So, at which point I realized that it would be pretty awful of me to leave the son alive. <laughs> Jeez, Marty. To find his dead parents. So, I then... Marty, no! I then went downstairs and I happened to have a gun. And I executed the son. And it was really great because he had a lot of weapons and things on him. <laughs> and then I, I went back several times to rob their whole house. Um, but it was mine at Right, because now it's empty. Yeah, and at that point I'd already done the damage. The problem being is that Boris... Almost died from this experience because he was so depressed by what I made him do that yeah. he came home and he sat down and he never got up. He never got up again until I gave away food to some orphans. <laughs> <laughs> At which point he was probably a day away from starving to death. Wow. Thanks. Wow. So he just got depressed, eh? Yeah, it said, it didn't say depressed, it said broken. Broken. <laughs> Whoa. Uh. He wouldn't even sleep, he just sat. Um, well, it's interesting because, like, on my only game that I'm playing right now that went long, a really interesting and funny and heartbreaking story is kind of developing, and it's hard to keep my mind on the fact that this is a roguelite game. So the first time when I went to scavenge was a church, because I believe that the priest would be nice to me, and how it happens, you guys, I'm sure you've raided everywhere, right? I have, yeah. So the priest, I don't know if the... out the uh, layout of the church changes, but he was way in the back. So basically I started digging through all his stuff and then I met the priest and he's sitting there and he's like, hello, my child, I don't have much left, but you know, to trade. And I'm like, yeah, cause I robbed you blind. So my pockets are filled with your <laughs> shit that I found in the church. And so then he said like, don't talk to his flock, which were like in his basement. So I went down there and there was just like some guy by a medical cabinet. I looked in the cabinet. I didn't take anything, but the guy got mad and he punched me and then he ran away. So he's yeah. like, I don't know, typical wuss. That's weird. But That's weird. The next night was weirder. So my problem with my game, I have decent, you know, components and bandages and stuff like that. I had no food. I have so little food. And so I went to the supermarket because I said there's lots of food. And it's fucking supermarket. I go there. I dig nothing. I dig nothing. Then I hear behind a door... Some guy being like, it's okay, girl. I'll keep you safe in this war. And I start seeing this dialogue come. And it's like a soldier with like some young like girl in her 20s. Yeah, that's one event that can happen. I When I went there one time. You got it? Yeah, I got that, yeah. And so, you know, you can tell he's going to rape or whatever. So I'm like, whatever. And I started just digging around <laughs> other places. 
but I couldn't find any food. So I have to go through that door. And I was just, I knew you could sneak, but like hide between shelves. So I was just yeah. going to hide in the shelf until he was done with her and like walked out. Yeah. Um, but no, she came and ran to my arms and I'd never done combat. And this soldier raises his AK. All I have is my crowbar. I don't even know how to fight, but it was like instinctual. I just clicked my crowbar. I rushed him and I was like, click, 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 click. And I started beating the shit out of the soldier with a crowbar. I killed him. Oh, no way. I killed him with a crowbar. Whoa. And he shot me once. Wow. I was Pavel. And he, and it said lethal damage. Oh, no. And this girl's like, thank you so much. But I still searched the rest of the supermarket, found like one vegetable. I was so <laughs> yeah, pissed. With him off. like limping to death. Yeah. Well, but when I got home, he went to like just severely injured from oh. lethal. Wow. And I was like, Pavel, I love you. <laughs> And I clapped and I bandaged him. And then the next day was really weird. So did you ever kill that soldier? Uh, no. I, the, the time I saw him, um, he killed me. Oh, wow. And then when I went back another time, it was just homeless people there. Okay. So I went back again and there was this woman, but she was like in a hoodie and she was searching through stuff. And I was like, oh, is she going to fight me or be bad? And she's like, oh, you, you saved that girl. That girl brought me flowers and food. And I was like, okay, whatever. And so I start searching. But this woman is like following me like a parasite and she won't get out of my way. And she keeps complimenting me for saving this girl. I'm like, fuck, woman, leave. And she's like, you're such a sweet person. I really like you. And she followed me through the whole supermarket, up, down, into the oh, basement. That's so weird. And it was really weird. Yeah, it is weird. And no, you know, the only reason why I'm continuing is because two nice people came to my door. And they basically said, oh, we're your neighbors. Here's five vegetables. Oh, nice. Yeah. It was like, and, that's okay. it, and that's it. They didn't yeah. want money. They didn't want anything. It was like a, a father and a son. And so I'm surviving now. I was just really pissed off at how a supermarket has all sorts of components and wood and no electrical food. things and no food. Yeah. And you're the first one to get to it. So I don't know. Also, playing the game made me hungry. So I went and made dinner. <laughs> that no was it as rewarding as making food in Zelda? No. I love making food in Zelda. <laughs> That's like my favorite cooking anything. <laughs> oh my God. Dun, dun, dun. Not this again. Anyways. Um, yeah, that's my experience. So I, I'm looking forward to playing. It's just so depressing. Everyone's always sick and hungry and just sad. Yeah. Just I always have one sad. guy who just constantly gets sick. I know. That's annoying. Yeah. It is. He's sick like because he's sad? I guess. Oof. He's sick because he's sad. He's sad because he's sick. <laughs> Chicken in the egg. Um, yeah, that's like when I... So my first initial impression of it was like, okay, yeah, it's it's a difficult game. But I was like, man, wh I think we actually I mentioned this in one of our banters about this war mine. But I was like, these fucking guys need to nut up. This is how you survive. Yeah. And again, I was playing as if each of these characters was like me yeah but i wasn't i wasn't playing the characters which is what you are doing you need to pay attention to specific characters meet needs and you know kind of their empathy levels and what may or may not affect them and even their dialogue reveals some things absolutely and you unlock like some backstory from some of them through certain events that happen sometimes too right like yeah. it really does you know, tell the story of these people that are these survivors and you do have to play to it to be successful, I think. 
Yeah, I found like some are definitely better at combat than others. Like right. um, I used Katcha to kill most of my people in my game. Oh yeah, uh, later on. Uh, she seemed to take it the best, whereas like Boris was like just like no yeah, shell. It. And then I had Bruno, who's like the good, the best cook. Yeah, I have and, him. And I just kept him cooking. Like that was his entire job. He never left the house. <laughs> so Katcha's good because I got her. She's good at combat, eh? She seemed to have the least amount of empathy for me, at okay. least. Like, when I would kill with her, she was like, it had to be done. Mm. Yeah. She's yeah. always content in my game so far. She So, yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I wouldn't be content in the middle of a war no matter what. But she's content. And I like Pavel, but because he runs fast. He is so fast. But then he died because I was, I was in a hospital and a nurse walked in while I was stealing from a cabinet. And she just pretty much was like, hey, you're stealing. Hey, I'm telling somebody. Hey, hey. And was following me. And then she told somebody. And I'm on my oh. way out. But then he pulled an AK on me. Oh, oh you down shit. Yeah, on my way out. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. That's so funny. The back of the head took me out. So did you guys think that the game nailed the tone it was going for? Yes. It accomplished what it sought out to do. I mean, it's not supposed to be happy, right? It's supposed to be bleak as fuck. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I certainly never felt elated while I was playing. You know, I did legit feel bad a few times killing innocent people. Yeah, and what you're doing is, you know, where the fun comes in is just the challenge to survive and to see, you know, what happens and the thrill of raiding um, places. And I don't know. I mean, it's it's just so different than anything else. It's it kind of reminds me, like, because it's an also it's a bleak game, but the old indie game uh, Papers, Please from like five years ago, where all you are is just a passport agent, but you're making decisions like whether or not people that try to enter illegally, but they've got sob stories, whether or not to let them through or arrest them and stuff like that. Just that kind of game is so creative with that. I've never atmosphere. heard of that game. That's interesting. It's fun. I wonder if you'd like it. You have to be really detail oriented just to like find spelling mistakes and dates that don't oh, line really? up and stuff like that. That sounds pretty cool. Oh, and it's fun when you detain someone. You press a red button and behind them like metal shutter snap shut. It's like ah, 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 <laughs> and then a guard comes and sometimes people will be like, no, I will not leave. I must go behind the border and then just uh, like but rifle and butt rifle the end comes of in, whaps them. Uh, so, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, you should get that. Yeah, it's, sure. it's on for cheap, too. It's sometimes. super it's cheap. Like yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm definitely going to look at that. Yeah. Papers, Papers please. please. Yeah, I think you, if it at all sounds intriguing you, Leland, I think you'd like it. Because you also have to, like, the more people you process, you get, like, a... Five dollars of currency per person. Yeah. So, but your apartment's so expensive, you got to pay for heat and food for like family. And if you don't have enough, then you have to choose to sacrifice food or heat or whatever. So there's that level of the game too. Oh well, heat all the time. I mean, it's what blankets are made for. You can choose to be part of like uh, a conspiracy. Like there's a group that wants to overthrow the government. They'll slip you papers, and it's like, do you want to play along? Really? Yeah. So there's a lot of depth yeah. to it. Now I want to cool. play it, like, soon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you guys should. I mean, honestly, if it sounds at all intriguing, I can say it's probably more fun to play than you're thinking. Cool. So, um, but yeah. Reviewable? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I. Interesting. Re- reviewable, meaning, like, like we uh, should do? Enough where we could do it. Oh, yeah. Run? Totally. Totally. Ah, cool. Okay. Totally. I do like me a roguelike. Yeah, so it is. So how do you lose in it? You just 
don't make enough cash, can't afford. To uh, keep. If you get caught doing the conspiracy, that's a way to lose. Um, most of the endings are pretty bad. Like I had, if you have enough errors, you you can get fired, oh, which is okay. pretty much jailed. Yeah, because you're like. It's basically you're the Soviets. So you're you're like at a Soviet border guard crossing in 1982. They call it like Greston instead. Okay. Um, but yeah, so the Soviets don't treat you very well. And you've got like a really creepy boss. He's kind of got – do you remember the glasses that, that Elijah Wood had in Sin City where they're like so uh, shiny you can't see through? Yeah, he yeah. has like that and he pops up and he's got like a mustache and he's like, oh. I've been keeping a close eye on you. That's he comes cool. out of the limo. That's like nice, like cool, super stylistic too, right? Like this very stylistic yeah. game. Um, you have to, you have to see if people are carrying contraband on them. You have a scanner, and so you see ugly people's like, you, you see their dicks or boobs or whatever, and you have to like see if they've got like a, a knife strapped to their thigh or. A oh, weird. So that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. We digress, but it sounds like that's going to be something we can review in the future. Cool. Well, back to the topic at hand. Yes. Was it worth the hype, or did Moby waste his $15? My $45? Did Moby waste his $45 total? Yeah, three three copies of the game. Uh, no. Uh, as the guy that spent the money, um, no. I, you guys got some enjoyment out of it. I'm going to continue playing. Yeah. Um, Realistically, that's cheap. It's like, yeah, I don't know, about maybe more, slightly more than half the cost of a AAA title. But we were able to get uh, yeah, you know, a, a PC AAA title. A AAA title has been out for six months and on sale. God of War was like $80, dude. Well, I was saying yeah, slightly more than half. Ridiculous. That's what I said. It costs oh, like the 25 bucks. Three, oh, yeah, 45 That's okay. three copies. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I just oh. said that's three copies. So that's total value for what you're getting. And right, because let's it's have a fucking math argument. Because it's roguelike, uh, yeah, it's something I'll definitely pick up from time to time. Just like I keep doing FTL and Papers, Please from time. Oh, I love FTL. Oh. Man, I love FTL. Yeah. I, I, hate, I hate FTL. You do? What? You legit hate it? I don't. I didn't like it. Wow, FTL's so good. But I just don't like. I don't. I think I don't like roguelikes. Yeah. You know what though? I think FTL was better before all the extra shit they added though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think all the extra stuff made it a little, little too random. I think. Um, and it was just like too much, I think. But like, um, what's that other game? I think it's called Darkest Dungeon. That's really cool. Oh yeah, yeah, that's super cool. Like again, you have like you make like a party of like four people, and you're in like this weird like it's almost like it's kind of Lovecraftian and steampunky, I guess. But it's pretty fun too. Yeah, the one I played, I I did kind of like. I played quite a bit. Was called Spelunky. What the hell is that? It's like kind of like an action platformer game. Okay. And uh, you basically just have to try to get to the bottom of a cave. And it, it's one of those action games where, like, everything kills you. So, like, you touch oh. legs, you die. Yeah. You know, like, a snake, snakes jump out of the grass, kill you. And it's all randomly generated. But if, gotcha. if you get to, like, the next area, there's ways of making shortcuts. So, over time, you can basically get through areas quicker. Rather than right. have to go through the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think I beat it though. I think there's like the main, there's the boss, and then there's like the secret real boss. Oh. And so I think I beat the like fake boss, and then I got like the cheap ending or something. Oh, uh, that's funny. Yeah, but other than that, like I, the, the issue I have with roguelikes, I mean, if we're gonna talk about roguelikes right now, um, I feel like the learning curve for me, like it's the type of game I want to pick up and play randomly, but then some of them are so hard. Right. Doesn't mm-hmm. quite lend. 
itself, the, the style of game doesn't lend itself to that play style. Totally. Like, they offer all this replayability, but that replayability, you're getting the most out of it if you are playing it often. Yes. I yeah, feel that's, like that's, that's a really issue, good yeah. point. Yeah. Because, like, for example, I mean, this isn't a roguelike, but I really like Super Meat Boy, which is like a super yep, tough, yep, challenge, super tough platformer. <laughs> I hate that game. And I was really fantastic at I it for a while, and like, I was, I was really getting into it. I'd rip it all this, like, for probably weeks on end. But now I, I couldn't imagine trying to get back into that kind of game. Yeah, yeah, that's totally. That's that how I see totally... roguelikes. Okay, that's a fair assessment, I think. Yeah, from my point of view, um, I fully admit that i have a bad attention span and a roguelike lets me just dive into something and just you know i guess if i get bored i could quit it but in most roguelikes i die before the end i mean Uh, most times and so then i just go do something else and you know a lot of games like i'm a huge zelda fan but a lot of those kind of longer games like i even think of wolfenstein new colossus which i haven't played in a while it's tough to pick up a game like that if you leave it for a number of weeks or months and get back into it. Whereas a roguelike, you can just kind of jump right that's in. That's true. I mean, it's roguelike. not a big deal if you lose your progress. No, no. You know, and I think that's where I differ. I think for a game, for me, my favorite games are the ones that are long form. They have a, are some RPG elements. I think that's why Divinity was so addicting for me because, mm-hmm. I mean, there was constant progression. And I think that constant progression that doesn't, that and I can't lose it, for the most part, is really good. I hate feeling like I lost my all the time I put in. Right. And that's where the roguelikes lose me sometimes. Yeah, I I think I... I don't know why I like them so much. I mean, I guess generally I do like the challenge, right? Because quite, o- quite often they are hard. difficult. Yeah. And is... Okay, do you guys think... What is the the perfect balance of difficulty versus length of game? If you were to play in a, a roguelike through to finish, how long about do you think it should, like an actual campaign, should it should it take you? Or should it really be designed where that ending is quite difficult to achieve because you're getting the most out of the gameplay in the attempt, not in the actual completion? Right. Well, I would think that a game that takes any longer than five hours on a good attempt to finish for a roguelike is pushing it. Yeah. I, I would go much shorter. I would probably go to about two hours. So like an extended one sitting. And, and I think FTL kind of gets that balance pretty good. Um, yeah. Really? I think, think FTL can play a little long. Oh, yeah? If you make it through all eight stages or whatever and get to the final boss. Yeah. Especially that end fight. If you yes. Are, if you are able to make it all the way, it's a long it is a long fight. So I think actually FDL overstays his welcome a little bit. Now, yeah. are you a guy though that does a lot of like horizontal jumps and tries to hit every possible point before you move on to the next system in FTL? Well, generally yes, I guess. So that's a good point. But I'll also though it kind of depends on my situation. Like if I need some scrap, yeah, I'm gonna have to do that because actually specifically with FDL. Uh, there are certain weapons that if you happen to luck in to be able to find them and also happen to have the amount of scrap to purchase them, man, it makes that game a lot yeah. easier. Which I think is much different. Like, that kind of shit doesn't happen in this war mine, I don't think. No, but then if you're lucky like Moby and you kill an army dude with a crowbar, you could be set up for a while. Well, yeah, I got an EK-47 yeah, and I mean, even ammo. Even, even if you don't go off killing people, you still have something to protect your house now. Yeah. 
which makes a big difference. That's true. That it really does. That's that's a good point. I mean, I even think in uh, in the board game of this war mine, like I I luckily I sent up two people to scavenge, and we came across and had to fight this uh, one dude with a knife, and luckily I killed the guy in one round of combat, even though I had no weapons. So thank Christ I had two dudes. Uh, and that's like a one in six chance on a die roll to hit like two fists on that unarmed combat dice in the in the board game. So I got really lucky, knocked him out, and my dude, one of my dudes only took like one wound, which wasn't isn't too bad. So that also imparts similar randomness. You being able to take the dude out of the crowbar, I guess. Yeah, right? like in that, a way, yeah. I think that's trying to emulate that kind of stuff, which is interesting. And I'm not, I don't know how much I like that i mean i've never really a a a fan of randomness randomness in games that there is not a suitable or a skill based way to overcome Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but of course in a roguelike video game randomness is the name of the game right random randomly generated uh again you you are being random elements are being thrown at you and you were forced to deal with them to that's the game, right? Yeah. Right. Whereas in something like a board game, uh, the random em- elements are often part of what you were doing. So then you can do other things that make those actions less random. Mm-hmm. And But that's not the case in this Warmind board game, I don't think, right? Yes, you can arm your dudes with weapons. I mean, I could, if I go out with a knife, I have a much better chance of inflicting a wound or two on the the melee weapon roll as opposed d- dice as opposed to the unarmed combat dice obviously but again it's it seems inconsequential to me still and again i've never gotten to the point in this war mind board game where i've actually gotten a firearm so i don't know how effective those are now we did have a firearm when we played it but we never oh yeah we, it. we lost we it. got the shotgun yeah. but <laughs> Um, well, you know, let's wrap up the video game first. Sure. Um, okay. I think, because I think we're excited to talk about the board game a little bit, because I have some... It's nice. We've laid the foundation now. It's going to be interesting comparing the elements of of both versions too, right? Yeah. Um, I guess we give it a review for the video game. Sure. Um, you know, I gave it 8 out of 10 cans of food, (laughs) and it's, it's because it really does do what it sets out to do. You know, it, it is a bleak game. Sometimes it's not fun. You know? <laughs> yeah, I like, know. It's just, I, I don't know if I really would want to just pick it up and play it. It did make me just feel kind of miserable sometimes playing it. I mean, I, I really did sometimes avoid civilians because I didn't want to kill them unless I knew I could get away with it. <laughs> um, sorry, I've been waiting to do that for a couple episodes. You could feel it bursting from oh, me. Oh, my goodness. Um, so what, what was I doing? Reviewing you gave it, it eight out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So eight out of ten. Yeah, I'm gonna give it. Um, you know what? For some reason, it seems like for this, I want to give it a rating out of five. So I'll give it uh, three rolled cigarettes. Okay. Jesus. Um, you know that's a six out of ten. Okay. Uh, three and a half rolled rolled uh that cigarettes. is a seven out of ten okay, thank you fine. okay so jesus christ so seven out of, seven and a half rolled cigarettes out of ten yeah well yeah we'll go with seven and a half fine we'll, we'll go back back to ten just do that out of ten we've always done things okay out of 10. fine jesus sorry 
forget that that happened. I, I will correct it for the future, Lord Leland. I'm just saying, you've never done anything out of five before. Because it just had a you take Right, but you feel. take it, you times it by two, you get the okay. score out of okay. ten, right? I, yes, point so conceded. Is, okay, good, because there's no, there is a difference between seven and a half out of ten and three and a half out of five. Those are not the same rating. Okay. Right? Yes. Three and a half out of five and seven out of ten is the same rating, is it not? Yes, that is true. So are you giving a seven and a half or a seven? I to be consistent, and this will never happen again, I will go with ten. <laughs> so hey, if you so want to rate it out of five, I'll give it a no, five. You know, a seven, I've already already started with a ten. A seven and a half fucking cigarettes out of ten. There we go. <laughs> I'm gonna Old give this shitty. Okay, I want to take mine back and review it out of seven. So I'd like to give it five out of seven cans of food. Okay, there All right, go. fine. New rule. Whoever is the first one to offer the rating gets to determine the rating system. System. All okay. right. Boom. Five out of seven. Okay, what's your rating out of seven, then? 5.5. 5. 5.5. All right, well, out of That's seven. even higher than you were before. <laughs> I can't do math. <laughs> what's your rating out of 22? Oh, no. <laughs> no. All right, fine. If it's out of seven, I give it a four out of seven. Okay. okay, listener. It's above average. Listener, now you know exactly clearly what we think of this <laughs> game. <laughs> so, four out of seven is above average, right? Three and a half would be average. It's definitely above average. Uh, it's not my favorite roguelike. I do enjoy FTL much more. Um, you know, come to think of it, I don't think Darkest Dungeon is technically a roguelike. I mean, because you have a roster of characters, so it's a little different. But uh, I, I, it's definitely enjoyable. I mean, I went out and I bought the, the board game, not solely for the purpose of the podcast. That was a nice justification to get it. But uh, I would fire up the video game. I would lay out the board game. I would I would play either one of them. So, yeah, four out of seven. Did you guys ever play Rogue Legacy? No. What the hell is that? So, that's a roguelike game where you're just essentially exploring a, a dungeon or a castle. And every time you die, your, like, descendant takes af- over after you. So, like, your son is the next guy, and he comes, but he has, like, a different birth defect. So, he's either, like, he's, like, t- extra tall or, like, extra small or, like, so- something different about him. Okay. And over time, you can actually level up and acquire better gear. So, your um, descendants start with, like, the things you've acquired over time. So, it gets a little bit easier because you're slowly acquiring more materials and equipment. But yeah. every time, your descendant has a problem. So it's either it could That's be good cool. or it could be something bad. Um, I thought the funniest one was um, sometimes they just turn out gay, but it does nothing to the change, <laughs> change the gameplay at all. It just leaves a little thing that says gay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I actually own it. It was gifted to me as part of uh, like I bought a bunch of shit off GOG.com and they gave you a special random gift and that was mine. So I haven't ex- installed it, haven't played it, but if it's decent, maybe I will. It's, it's fine. It's like yeah. not something you're. It's more like the gimmick is interesting, but the game itself I didn't think was like phenomenal. I also played it while I was dieting for a competition, and I was starting to fucking rage quit because mm-hmm. of that. So no good. Okay, well if we're on the top of recommendations, you guys play oxygen not included. Oxygen oh. not included. Yeah, oxygen not included. That's o- oxygen is in the gas. Oxygen. Yes, oxygen not included. That's really cool. It's like. You start out with, I think, three dudes, and you basically teleported into this, like, underground, um, like, chasm, I guess, or, or it's it's this, it's it's like a, you get a map of all this, this area underground, and there's little pockets. Uh, you start in a pocket of oxygen, but your I oxygen... I watched you play this. Yeah, your oxygen yeah. Will, slowly, will slowly run out, and, like, 
your dudes have all these different characteristics. Sometimes they're stupid. Sometimes they're smart. Sometimes they're good at building stuff. Blah, blah, sometimes blah. winter. Sometimes fall. Sometimes fall. <laughs> and so you each have like this this gun that basically does everything, right? So uh, if you were to like mine out your area, you you suck the things up, the right, and you you basically take apart your area to generate the resources to build better stuff. And it's it's really cool. It's it's okay. roguelike. Um, don't run out of oxygen. All right. <laughs> I would play it more often, but like I'm getting to the point where I got far enough into a game where the scope of my place was so large and I had like six or seven of these dudes because you get more guys as time progresses that like it was bogging my crappy laptop down. I was like, but it's really fun. I definitely recommend okay. it. Okay. Uh, it's newer too. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, it might be uh, maybe a year or two old. I remember watching you play. Yeah, I think maybe closer to two. Maybe it yeah. might still be like twenty bucks. I think though. Yeah. So I don't know if it's worth the twenty bucks, but that's what I bought for. <laughs> cool. It's a good one. It's a good one. Cool, cool. All right. Uh, so you boys want to move on to the uh, board game? Yeah, let's get to the crazy about cardboard segment. And in this segment, in case you didn't know, listener, we're reviewing this war of mine, the board game. Again, uh, so yeah, put up by you know close affiliation with Eleven Bit Studios, which obviously was the developer for the board game, uh, or sorry, the video game, and the designers. Uh, Twenty seventeen game designed by Michael Orax and Jacob Wisniewski. I think that's how you pronounce their names. And yeah, I, I, this board. Okay, this war of mine. It's it's just as depressing as a video game. Yeah, how yeah. is how is it more sad than the game? They somehow managed to do that. Honestly, yeah. It was like when we sat down to yeah. play it, it was really bleak and disheartening. Like My, my wife just left. <laughs> <laughs> she did. She left and walked like 20 kilometers. She did. <laughs> I thought she was done with me. She's like, this, this ruined her. Honestly, it was, thank God that we played flip chips right after because yeah. that like brought the, <laughs> brought the energy right back up. So, how, how, okay. How well do you think the board game emulated the video game. I, I think it did a really good job. The only thing I didn't think it did a great job of emulating was the exploration. Bang on. Yeah. Bang fucking yeah, on. I, agree I with felt that. the exact same. If in a bubble, pretend that somehow the scavenging was great or just we didn't include the scavenging, I would have probably given it a 10 out of 10 in how close they are because the day portion, the house portion, I felt is exactly like the video game. Like, oh, it, was, like it exactly. was exactly how I would envision you making a board game version of that video game in the day version. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. And one of my main complaints, which I guess we can dive into in a few minutes, is the scavenging section. Yeah. And it's funny, though, and it's unfortunate. I think, though, if you had never played the video game, that the scavenging portion is, per- is like perfectly workable. And honestly, it makes sense the way they've, they've, so compared to the video game, they've had to greatly abstract it, right? So you get your player board, and in this board game, the player board is your shelter. All the different levels of your shelter, um, you start, you, the setup of the game is you you populate, I uh, put out these, the cards, like some cards onto specific spots on the map in your shelter. There are like locked doors, there's rubble, there's furniture, there's heaps, all, all of which you find in the video game. Of which you can then, during the day phase, take actions of your of your survivors. You take the actions and you can apply them to the different areas. And they will perform the action if applicable. If you're picking a lock, you need a lock pick, you roll a die to see if you're successful. 
and each of your survivors. So it's co- it's a cooperative game, and collectively, all the players are are controlling your group of survivors. And the group of survivors they each start with three actions each that they can take during the day phase. Again, you do this kind of in rounds. So like the first round one, everyone takes a single action, right? Round two, the second, etc. And round three, they take their third action if available. So these conditions that from the video game, they can be fatigued or hungry, miserable, uh, illness and injuries, depending on the level of those conditions will they, they come with a little a little cardboard chip that you put underneath your character and it has uh, you know three dots and if two of those three dots are blacked out that means they have lost two of the three actions they can possibly take so if you are if a, like a level three illness means your character is like bedridden all three dots are blacked out they cannot take a single action during the day phase which obviously is not good because yeah. taking the actions is how you do the shit. And level four is level four end game. Level you're, four you're is, toast. Yes, bad. You, as soon as any of those conditions get to level four, you you resolve uh, a passage from the book of scripts, which is the book of scripts is the the narrative drive of this game. So every single thing you you do uh, generally when you are scavenging. It'll direct you to C-1760, and then you flip to the Book of Scripts, you look up passage 1760, and you resolve the passage. Sometimes it's just, you know, uh, narrative text. Sometimes it will make you roll the uh, the black die, which is a D10, and then it'll drive you to another passage, depending on your roll. Um, you know, it, it's it's the way it tells the story. It's it's the narrative part of the board game. I think it's, it's really cool. It is. I, I think there's a lot of variation, which the is book's cool. huge. It is, like it is probably I don't know what the highest number is, but two thousand different passages in that book. But man, did it ever feel like we were just playing three hours, just waiting to die? Yes, it. In, it, it honestly did. It was so difficult. It never felt like we were doing great. No, no. no. And honestly, I the way the condition is structured, right? Like. If you're at if you're ever at level two of any condition, your character is in threat of dying. Yeah. Because there are I found there are numerous things that will say increase uh, a char- a single character's injury by two or a single character's illness by two. If you're at level two and you're forced to increase that character's il- level two illness, you're forced to increase the level four, then you resolve something from the book and that character is going to die or leave depending on the condition. Um, you when they're miserable, a lot of, they'll either leave or they'll kill themselves. Yeah, and then that impacts that impacts other other characters. Like yeah, they get more depressed too. Yeah, so I I, I uh, played this game two or three times solo, and I I actually really like it as a solo um, a solo game. I think probably more than a cooperative game, just because. I don't know why. It just I think it, it's easier to flow as a solo game. Yeah, I was gonna say with with the group, I felt like it traded um, the person with like the lead marker a little too often. Like, yeah, that's annoying. I yeah. I would probably just not do that. Me too. Playing with a group, I would just because so the the game comes with what's called a journal, and basically, so this game is touted. You don't you don't need to read any rules. You open the game, you set it up, and you follow the instructions in the journal, and it teases you to play as you're doing it. And the journal basically runs you through all the different steps of the game, and it gets a you know all the minutia of the game, all the all the housekeeping basically. 
And at certain points, it has a little arrow that says next player, and you pass the journal clockwise to the next player. And basically, that just signifies if there's ever an argument, whoever is currently the leader, they call it, or, or I think it's the leader, whoever is holding the journal has the final say. And it does. It says in there, whoever has currently has the journal is the only one that manipulates pieces on the board, which, you know, is if you have a problem with an alpha gamer in your group, which... For those unfamiliar with that term, that just means generally found in cooperative games. Uh, someone that is always, you know, kind of browbeating the rest of the table and saying, this is what we're going to do. This is the best kind of thing. It does semi-solve that problem. But like, I don't know. Don't play with those people. Don't play cooperative games with those people. Yeah. You know, it's cool. It's like not none of us are like that. No, yeah. that's exactly right. Um, yeah. I didn't like how the uh, lead kept changing, mostly because... There were some weird times where, like, you get the book because it passes to you to lead, but that your leadership does, like, nothing, and then you pass it on. And there's other times where you have to do a lot when you're a leader. Now, that is because particular phases of the game, things could happen, but in other phases, something always happens. Mm -hmm. So, yes, you completely run into that. Yeah. So, which, which also makes it, why are we doing this? Why bother? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, especially like the bo- this board is really large, takes up a lot of table space. So like there's always like a part of the board where basically one player kind of keeps like Moby, you were sitting to my right. Basically, you were drawing the fate cards, you're drawing the colors cards, which we can yeah. get into how those systems work later. But yeah, and I was looking at all the uh, stuff we were building. Exactly. You yeah. were right. Yeah, you were going through the fixing cards and yeah. also the location cards. And I was kind of managing the resources in the box. Yeah. But back to the the scavenging, which was my I kind of drifted from that. Compared to the video game, they have to abstract it because of the board. In the video game, you go to a whole other place and you basically get another map. Yeah. Right. So yes. you you can't do that in the video in the board game. The way scavenging works in the board game is you have uh, a deck of exploration cards, and there are three locations. You always have available from three locations uh, a, a a location that is near. Um, medium and then far from you. How do they change? I don't understand. Yeah, that's kind of weird too, right? That's again really abstract. Is I yeah. yeah. So I guess you you know about it longer longer, so it's easier to find or something. Maybe yeah, I don't know. But each of these, the near, medium, or, or the close, medium distance and long distance, each has a different number: ten, twelve, and fourteen. That determines the number you draw from the exploration deck, which you then make a separate exploration pile and the way you explore is you just draw the top card off of your new pile and resolve its text and some sometimes you'll find like a ladder that you could spend more like return cards from your new pile back to the main deck which basically it's the timer it's the exploration timer of the game right as you burn more cards you're taking more time to do those actions There's also a noise meter, so if you some of the cards give you the option to just ignore the time and like do it real fast, which which causes noise, which could potentially draw, uh, you know, other survivors that you could have encounters with. So sometimes it'll tell you to raise the noise, and it's like a track of one to eight, and then you roll for noise, which you take the the d10, and if you get equal to or less than your noise value, you have an encounter card. Of which there's another deck of cards, and you just draw the top of it and see who's there. You know what I wish they would have done is that they would have added in some specific 
cards for certain areas. Yeah. And that you could, when you found those areas, you would shuffle them into your deck for exploration. Yeah. So there was just generic exploration, but also, hey, you know, this one's an actual story card. Like, we're in the hospital. We found something in the, specifically in the hospital. Yeah. I know it, it does do that with the book as well. Like, um, because, mm. it, well, it does because each card has a certain path. Path oh, point that's, passages that's depending right. on what you trigger, right? Yes, you can't you can actually get location specific stuff. Yeah. It just felt like that was few and far between, maybe. Yeah. So the only thing the closest thing to that it has is each location has, you know, like it says like it has um like a basement entrance or yeah like block like, staircase, yeah, right? Like it gives bars, you yeah. gives you characteristics and then in that exploration deck there are what are called map cards. And if you draw a map card that says basement entrance and that location has a basement entrance you get to do something special yeah kind of thing so yeah that that's that would be cool too my idea that i thought it would not be practical but it doesn't mean i don't think they should have done it because <laughs> you could put it somewhere else but i thought they should have uh i thought they should have made mini sheets of like the five or six locations that you can scavenge and you basically set those up, I don't know, on a nearby counter or other tables, your couch. Who the fuck cares? And you just basically do the scavenging section there. And I know it would make the game more expensive and take up way more space. But I think it would have been fun. But then you're limited to five different locations. Like that location deck's pretty big. Yeah. And also, okay, then that also means you would not be rotating locations either, right? So the way the locations yeah. change, which Marty was talking about, is you at the end of the fate, uh, the, the like whole game around fate, basically, you draw what's called a fate card, then instructs you, you know, anybody who is wounded but has not gotten bandages, increase their wound by one because their conditions are getting worse, you know, because of illnesses, it'll affect that too. And uh, then it will also often say, you know, exchange the nearest small location. So a, mo- a location can be small, medium, or large. So like that location gets white, and then a new one comes on, which is again like what Marty was talking about. How kind of that's weird. Like now you have you can't go to that location now anymore, right? Because it's just like suddenly gone. Yeah, and then other ones are closer. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of abstracted. Um, and I th- but and that fake card though, I think it's cool because like the character cards they have like an A, B, and C characteristic. And the fake card will say, like, resolve the A characteristic of all characters, right? And so that kind of pulls in the, the you know, the character differentiation from the video game. Like, you know, everybody, each character is really kind of unique. Uh, and that's kind of where, like, if this character doesn't, uh, you know, discard uh, a coffee token from your supply or this character's misery is raised by one because yeah. he's not getting his fix, right? He's not getting his vice. I thought it might be cool if we play it next time that we all pick a character and that's like specifically our character and we have to like argue for their like needs and desires. <laughs> like we'll play it? That'd yeah, a little cool. bit. That would be fun. Because rather and then like when we're deciding to do moves and stuff like, you know, specifically like we're arguing for our character. Yeah, that could be cool. Like, I, I don't want to scavenge. I want to stay home. Well, shit, I don't want to guard. I want to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to guard. Guarding is the hardest thing in that game. Like, I'll, I'll go scavenge, but next time, but you have to let me eat tomorrow or something. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it might be kind of cool. That would be cool. That's that's a good idea. That's super cool. Yeah, I think back to the scavenging, it's not, definitely, I don't like scavenging. Like, 
So I was playing actually even just this morning. I was having a really good game. Like things were going great. I had um, I had a crude stove so I could make food. I basically take a, a water, a wood, and a raw food and turn it into two raw food. Basically, like prepare meals. Uh, what did I have? Oh, I had a rainwater collector to generate the water so I could feed in the food. So okay, as long yeah. as I had a raw food, I was fine. Um, but then, oh, I had a I had like a metal workshop. Or a regular workshop. So I was like boarding up the holes in the house to protect against looters and shit. But then there was a fucking fire and I had to choose two of my fittings to discard like they burned oh, down. Oh no. I was like, oh shit. I had so many resources too. And so, the, okay, so in the board game there are also, the, the, the main timer of the whole game is like, you play it in chapters. So the game comes with a save function. So basically a sheet where you can write down everything you've had. And you can save it because the game's pretty long. If you were to play through all three chapters of this game, I don't know how long that would take you if, if you could survive. You wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want to play this game. I don't think save. so. You No, you would want to save it and come back yeah. to it, I think. That also allows you to have multiple games on the go, too, which is actually, I didn't think of that until now, which is kind of cool. That is. But basically, you assemble the events deck and there's three chapters and a certain number of chapters or events happen in each chapter. But you also have these objectives, these chapter objectives. So if you don't achieve this objective before the end of chapter one, uh, something bad's going to happen. So I I had this one, which it was literally impossible for me. Like I had to like feed the hungry or something. And I had to donate like four, like four foods worth of stuff, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So that would have been like four raw food or two canned food, I think. I think it counted like the value... Of the hunger it resolves, you get to move up on that meter, right? So if your character eats a canned food, they reduce their hunger by two levels. I couldn't do it. And I knew I couldn't do it. So it was coming to the end of the chapter. I'm like, oh, God, I don't have any time. And my main, my best character guy, uh, what was his name? Uh, Boris. He, I was at two misery. And I knew he was dead because the penalty for not doing it was everyone's character misery gets raised by two. Oh, no. He was fucked. Yeah. Up until that point, I was doing so well, though. So he went to level four misery. He ended up killing himself. Of course. Couldn't take it anymore. Thinking about his, his dead son and his dead girlfriend. Off himself. Then poor Marin, his misery then increased because Boris killed himself. And he just left, stealing my best knife. <sighs> and then poor, all that was left was Kaveta, uh, this poor little school teacher. She, they, they died. The other guy left. She went to Misery 4. She ended up killing herself, too, because oh, she couldn't take it being there by herself. It was It was literally a landslide. That's what happened in our game, is the one guy left, and he took the he shotgun. He took our shotgun. Yeah. Because we brought someone else in right. with the shotgun. Someone else went miserable because we couldn't feed them all. Yep. And, yeah, and he left. It is brutal. Yeah. I don't know how you would win this game. But I will say, though, so I was having an okay game, but, like, I knew the fixtures to get now. So, one thing, okay, in one solo game, one thing that really fucked me right away. First round, the night raid of the first round. So, obviously, when you go out scavenging after you're done the scavenging phase comes the night raid phase. This is where you draw a random card from the night raid deck, and it'll have, like, okay, so say some, like, homeless guys show up, and it'll have a, a, dam a damage value and a wound value. Um, uh, Christ, I don't know. I've seen one with a damage as high as six. Basically, the damage is the amount of items you lose from your inventory 
and the wounds is going to be the the level of injury that gets inflicted upon the person that's guarded or persons that are guarded. And if that person has a weapon, they have a chance to defend themselves. You roll the weapon dice, and every symbol uh, you get, say if you have the knife, every knife symbol you get, you can reduce one of those two values. And I had some hobos come in, take my most valuable shit. They took my shovel and my lockpick, which literally locked me out of the rest of my house. Oh, no. So I had to go and I had to scavenge and find more lockpicks before I could even get the additional resources in the house, in the shelter. Like, oh, my goodness. That's so bad. Yeah. It's so it just, hard. It just takes one event, too. And you just know. It you're, does. You're it does. And you're fucked. Yeah. It's hard to bounce. It's really hard to bounce back from some bad stuff. So basically, I was like, okay, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, I made the workshop because I knew getting board ups were really important. Yeah. Because, you know, the board up on the night raids for every, you can get a total of three board ups. One, they help from the weather because every round you're going to draw an events card and it's going to add cold tokens, which can make your dude sick if it's too cold. But it also decreases, the board up number decreases from the wounds and the, damage as well so that mitigated some stuff but man this game is just so hard i don't get it yeah i i you know i'm sitting here thinking like if i'm to attribute this game a score what will i give it because i on one hand i don't like it <laughs> but on the other hand i'm thinking about how i could win it i know that's so weird with both of these games right like it's not fun playing no, I really do it. Like I will play the solo again for this war mine, the board game, but it's not fun. Like I just had it set up. I had it set up on the table for like five days straight, like popping in. Coming last night, I was trying to play it, and I got to a point where, fuck it, I'm out of here. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> but then this morning, I came back and I was jacked as fuck to get back into it. Yeah, you know, I, I definitely forgot to have fun. <laughs> yeah, weird stuff. But remember, though, for our board games, we rank them. We don't rate them. Right. We have a review rankings on the site. Our brand new site. The only board game we've actually reviewed so far is Kemet. So if we are to... We just have to rank it against Kemet so far. Oh, okay. Right? That's what we decided on. We would rank all our reviews and just make a list like we did with the Marvel movies in the last... Right. The Infinity War bonus. Okay. So did you... Marty, would you rank this... Did you no, did you is, enjoy this, this, this more is, or this less? This is than much lower than Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very easy thing to do right now. Won't be once we're at like game number twenty five, but um, right, exactly. But yes, for me, this game is definitely below Kevin, which I consider yeah. as a classic of games. Same, game. same with me. I would, if I were to give in, with any given group, if I were I had the choice to suggest either one of these, I would certainly suggest pulling out Kevin, although. I I say although although <laughs> although I actually am okay. So this coming week, our D and D group can't get together. Uh, we're probably we're gonna have just a regular board game night. I'm thinking of bringing this war of mine, but I would not have thought to bring Kemet. So the cooperative nature of this war of mine has its merit. I I do say I I would I would. This is a great solo game. I really like this game solo. I I don't know. I think, Leland, that a very kind of acquired taste, you need to think about, and you, your D&D group may be totally on board, but you have to consider, and I mean people in general, who you invite to play this game. Yes. Because you are going to turn people off like Marty's wife if the that's, wrong person yeah, is playing the that's game. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because it's, it's not 
fun in the traditional sense. You're not high-fiving each other off the table and getting pumped. It's a depressing, somber challenge where the only fun is like saying fuck you to the world and living another day. That's so, right. That's, that's fun- a good point. That's it. it was funny because you thought like my wife would enjoy it because it was a co-op game. I thought she would. And, yeah, I thought it would be fine because we're all working together. Yeah, and I mentioned that to her and she's like, well, I did like that aspect, but I couldn't do so much of it. It was just like, it was, it was fun <sighs> for an fun. hour and then it was like, I just, I can't it, handle this. Oh, it overstated the program. Yeah. yeah. That's a really good, that's two very good points. That is why I think this is the narrative nature of this game makes it a potential fit for my D&D group, I think. Mm. So that was the re- my reasoning behind, hey, you know what? I bet we could get this out and try it. And I think they would enjoy the misery. <laughs> All right. Like, I, 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 so like, that's a perfectly valid point. If you were to introduce this game to somebody, it's got to be the right group. Yes. 100%. But I think the same goes for Kemet, though. You could say, you say the same about any game. You think... There's, you're not going to find a game that's universally going to be enjoyed by every playgroup, right? No, that's true, but... Um, I think Kemet's in aggressive and conflicting gameplay is definitely off-putting to some players, too, right? Yeah, players who would actually coincidentally lean more towards cooperative Right. Well, I, I mean, that's... Sorry, like I said, you say that about anything. You that's That is a much different reasoning than type of... That's a different feel than what you get from this game. From this war of mine. This war of mine is depressing. <laughs> Super depressing. Like, okay, so today, just today, um, uh, uh, a Twitter friend, I guess? I don't know. I, a guy I follow on Twitter. Um, his name's Ross from uh, More Games, please. You go check him out. He does lots of cool photography and stuff. And he was playing, he's been playing this video game and we were going back and forth and like telling, like relating our stories. And I'm, I finally was like, I feel really weird, like, hearting your tweet. Like, this is, <laughs> you're talking about, like, oh, this guy offed himself, and this other guy got really <laughs> sad and did the same. I was like, 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 this feels really weird. So it's like, a, it's a super weird experience, right? Is it as weird as what I tag you to in Twitter? All sorts of almost. disasters. Not and quite, but almost. Death. So, yes, I definitely rank uh, this below Kevin. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that was a 20-minute description of that ranking yes because i know it's conflicting for you it's well it's just maybe this ranking system is not the best idea because okay i mean obviously this rank our ranking these is solely based on our enjoyment of them right i think i think it has to be yeah Yeah. like what we personally enjoy more yeah not about necessarily what we you know what's more accessible to certain people right just what we like yeah yeah i think that's that's fine because as we do actually get into more of these reviews, it, our our tastes and our preferences will become more and more clear, and will make a, allow listener, uh, you know, give listener more judgment individually on our opinions. Right? Are there any other ones we want to do soon? Obviously, we want to do TI four eventually. Yeah, yes. I really want to do that bonus episode. Yeah. Yes, we um, got to do TI four. I want to play it again too. Hundred percent. Charter, get- Charterstone once it's Charterstone done. Charterstone once it's done. I I think Transatlantica well, is a really classic where we got to get Marty. I think he'd like that. Yeah. I think he'd like that a lot too. Um, and then I bought the expansion oh, yes. to the Resident Evil deck building. Yes, we should definitely get that to the table. Yeah, we've got a few games to do that are priorities. I think so. Yeah, it'd be cool to to get more B- BG reviews. You certainly have enough of them. Yeah, we could we could do lots. If that shelf fell on moby right now he'd die 
Oh, I break my ankle. <laughs> oh, that ankle, thing that ankle will be dust. Good thing it's almost secure to the wall. I did my best. But. <laughs> I actually need a new shelf. I think I'm going to rearrange some furniture and buy a new shelf. Okay. All right. Alrighty. Wrap it up. Yep. End of show stuff. Great. If you haven't already, check out our website, ttpodcast.com, where a plethora of new and improved written content from all three of us, right, Marty? <laughs> Only if my area can be called Popping Off with Marty. Okay. <laughs> 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 yeah, Popping Off with Marty. We'll make you your new, a new page. Uh, I was supposed to write things? Yes, you need to contribute. Oh. Why Don't do? you enjoy writing about your video games? I ha- like I you have could to, write I... something on Divinity that we'll never talk about again, but you can... <laughs> you can, you know, it's an outlet for the you. The first thing I have to do is find time to play the fucking video game. Oh, yeah, right? <laughs> I know, it's tough, to, the truth. it's tough to get shit done. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we have uh, a semi-new Instagram. I think our username is just TT Popcast. That's kind of what we do with everything. Um, yeah, the website. You've got a Facebook page. You know, let us know uh, if you've played this war mine, some of your horror stories, your war stories. Uh, reach out to us. We, we like to hear from you. I guess that's it. I've been Leland Steele. And I'm Marty. And I'm Moby. Giving a little energy to the end of this thing here. No, it's somber. It's this War of Mine episode. Okay. We're sad. I'm Moby. I'll off myself right now. Oh, thank God. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Luke. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>